Welcome to Scrub Chat, a podcast of sharing stories by veterinary professionals for veterinary professionals. I'm your host, Kim Farina, a veterinarian, a writer. I've worked in the animal health industry. And prior to that, I was an MTV journalist and a radio personality. So yes, my career has taken me in lots of different directions. In each episode of Scrub Chat, I sit down and chat with a veterinarian or technician as they share their own directions, what's worked, what hasn't, and how they've made it all fit. Thank you for joining me as we explore veterinary medicine combined with all the other aspects of our lives. Zoetis has generously created these podcasts to help support the profession we love. Today, we get to chat with Dr. Quincy Hawley, a veterinarian and entrepreneur who co-founded a company called Get Motivated, where he gets to carry out his dream of helping veterinary professionals live lives of personal and professional well-being. Among many other involvements that we'll talk about this hour, he is also president of the North Carolina Association of Minority Veterinarians. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, Kim, how you doing? I am fantastic. Thank you. So let's jump right in. And I mean, we get to see each other. So hello. Yes, and yes. you are obviously a young, accomplished man. And there are many wonderful aspects of your life today that I look forward to hearing about. However, I think we need to dive into your past. We need to set the stage before we can really talk about where you are today in the present. And so you graduated from North Carolina's College of Veterinary Medicine in 2013. You worked for Banfield as an associate veterinarian for five years. And then there were struggles. So paint the picture for us for what was happening in your life at that time. Yes. you Oh, and before I even get to that, Kim, I'm just going to say that I have been an achiever my entire life. I played sports as a kid and I was on a full ride tennis scholarship before I went to veterinary school. And I actually did pretty good in veterinary school. You know, I probably had a few C's here or there, but for the most part, there wasn't a huge struggle. But when I graduated, and I got my first job. I was working in a really, really, really busy practice. And I just didn't have the tools that I needed to be able to handle that workload, in, in my opinion. And I started to struggle a little bit. So it didn't start out immediately, but I was probably seeing about 25 to 35 cases a day as a new grad. I, I had the luxury of working with my wife at that same hospital and the stress kind of got to me. The stress got to me. I, I don't think it was the hospital. I don't think it was the people that I worked with necessarily, but I really believe it was my inability to handle the stress that I was facing with that busy caseload. And so I developed unhealthy ways of coping with the stress. Like um, so we're, we're talking things like drinking a lot. I, I started smoking and I really started, you know, eat, eating a lot of unhealthy food. So I, I picked up a lot of weight. <laughs> it, mm -hmm. it was so bad, Kim. I would go down to do exams. I did this four times in about a year's time, but I would, I ripped my pants. Like I had gained that much weight, but I would go down to do an exam and 
like right down the middle oh. in front of the clients. So, <laughs> but from between the eating, the smoking and the, the drinking, my life was really starting to take a hit. Yeah. And that can put you in a really uh, dark place. Yes. Yes. I, I, I was in a dark place and it got to the point where, you know, every day when I would walk into the hospital, I wouldn't see the name of the hospital. I would literally see to myself, like, welcome back to hell. And it was, it, it was bad because that wasn't who I was. That wasn't who I had ever been in my past. And, but that, that's where I was. And it was, you know, the days sort of turned to weeks, the weeks turned to months and the months turned to about two and a half years of living like that. So one of the interesting things you talked about was that you weren't that person prior to that very specific experience in your life. And so I'd like to talk about how you overcame those struggles, because at that moment in your life, you could have gone, as you said, you know, in many different directions and no doubt the down direction, you know, had like this big neon sign flashing saying, keep coming this way, Quincy, you know, so how did you overcome it? Wow. I, I guess I have to thank my wife. <laughs> she claims mm -hmm. that she prayed for me because mm -hmm. I mean, our marriage was falling apart, like literally. And we had like a year and a half old daughter, but one thing that I would say, probably in addition to her prayers <laughs> that she threw up, thank God for that, right? But I started listening to a lot of motivational speaking. And motivational speakers like Earl Nightingale and Les Brown, Eric Thomas, I would listen to guys like that. And their messages really, really spoke to me. And they were simply asking questions, asking, asking questions like, if you could have your life exactly the way you wanted it, what would it look like? And it was actually the day after the 2016 presidential election. That very next morning, I was looking at the stock market because I was really into the stock market. And I don't know what it was, but something came over me, Kim. And I just made this commitment to myself. It, it almost seemed like it was out of nowhere. But I made a commitment to myself to spend every second, minute, hour, day, week, month, and year of the rest of my life pursuing my full potential and the absolute best life possible. And I knew that I knew that I was so much more than the excessive drinker that I had become. I knew that I was so much more than the unhealthy person that I had become. I knew I was so much more than the dad and the husband and the veterinarian that I was at that point. And I'm, I'm so glad that I made that commitment because I really feel that it made a huge difference and my, my life completely changed for the better at that point in that moment. Yeah. And I can, I, I hear that because, you know, you just mentioned motivational speakers and I had done my research on you, obviously, before coming on the show, and, and and I had read that one of your favorite quotes comes from a motivational speaker, Jim Rohn, and it's, success isn't something that you pursue, it's something that you attract. So instead of chasing it, you work on yourself, personal development. Oh, and so just as you're saying, like, so so talk to me about that statement, how it was motivational to you. 
Oh my gosh. So, I mean, I got chills when you said that quote. That's one of my favorite ones. I spoke at NC State's graduation in 2018 for the veterinary school, and I incorporated that quote into that the speech that I gave. But it really, in my opinion, shows that an individual can truly achieve whatever level of success that they want for themselves because it's based on your personal development. And the only person who can really control your level of personal development is yourself. That's completely up to you. It has nothing to do with your clients or your family or your mom or your dad. It's up to you. And I, I oftentimes believe that for myself, at least, there was a part of me, Kim, that felt that by becoming a doctor and a veterinary professional, that I was a success just because I graduated from veterinary school and because I got into veterinary school. But again, if you're going after that to become a success, then you're already barking up the wrong tree. And this quote really hit it home for me. And it's again, it states that work on yourself and we can all always work on ourselves. And I do that on a daily basis now. And it's, it is my religion, work on yourself, personal development. That is my religion. And when you're talking about personal religion and, and this achievement, you are owner of Dream Life Motivation. It's a personal and professional life coaching business. And I love the slogan. And this is what I want to talk to you about, which is empowering dreams, demanding action, creating success. So I'd first like to know, why don't you tell us, you know, what was the driving force to creating that business? So I created Dream Life Motivation as a platform, a speaking, a coaching platform. I also write a lot of blog articles through Dream Life Motivation that I put out to the general public about all types of tips and strategies and tools and resources that someone can use to discover your dreams, pursue your dreams, and to achieve your dreams. And the Dream Life to me, it means so much. It is... It is how I live every single day. And that, that's why I created Dream Life Motivation. But I understand the dream life in the sense of like, like in the slogan, for example, empowering dreams. That seems very logical for coaching. I, I get that. But I am curious about the dream life. And then you and in the slogan, it says demanding action. Tell me more, like, why demand action? And who's that from? I'm demanding action to the, to the dreamers of the world. So don't just, I empower people to dream. And I say that you can have your dreams. You can discover what you want, but take action towards that. Pursue that massive action. And that's where the, the demanding action aspect comes from. We have to take action towards our dreams, our goals, and our aspirations in order to manifest the life that we want. It is all about perspective. It's all about our mindsets towards what we're experiencing on a daily basis. I actually read a book. It's called The Science of Being Great by Wallace Waddles. And Wallace, next to Jim Rohn and Earl Nightingale, he is like my one of my greatest mentors. But he wrote that book, The Science of Being Great. And that philosophy was heavily 
in that book that the only thing that can go wrong in this world is our own personal attitudes. And we can always choose to make that right, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the conditions, regardless of the life events that we face on a daily basis, we can control our perspective, our viewpoints towards that which we are seeing and try to find the good in whatever we experience. Always look for the good in everything that happens to you. And if there's an advantage in every disadvantage, then by, by default, that must mean that if you're having a really bad day, there must be the seed of an equivalent amazing day in that same bad day. If you learn to look for the good and to focus on the good, like if you have to, you know, be in an environment with people who maybe are gossiping a lot or or with a client who is giving you a hard time, you having a negative perspective towards that or a, a bad perspective towards that is just going to lead to more conflict versus having that more positive perspective. And so I always enjoy like the disgruntled client because, you know, I just, I, I see it as an opportunity, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with Get Motivated, you want to carry out your dream of making poor veterinary well-being a thing of the past and true veterinary well-being a thing of the future for the entire global community. Now, th- those are your words, not mine. So you want to you wanna go global. And I feel like a lot of people would just be fine, like like just working on it on an individual level, like anything more than that, they might be like... No, you know, I'll pass. Thank you. You know, you got this. Like, why dream so big for the whole profession? So when I'm thinking in terms of global, I know that the the message and the journey that I've taken, I know that people, it will resonate with many. It's my goal to do whatever I can until the day that I die, take my last breath to get this message out there to as many people as I possibly can. And by knowing that it helps one person, I know that it can help hundreds. And by helping hundreds, it can help thousands. And if it can help thousands, it can help, you know, millions. And that's, that's honestly my goal. And the second reason I dream so big is because my mentor, Joe Dudley, that I mentioned earlier, he came from nothing and he created a global business that not only help people in terms of, you know, the more cosmetic industry, but also in terms of their personal development and being able to live their dreams and seeing how he started in one city in Greensboro, North Carolina, and was able to take a business globally. That gives me the motivation that I can do the same thing because I get to shake his hand. I get to look at him and I get to hear his words of wisdom all the time. And I I just really want everyone to live the absolute best life possible, lives of personal and professional well-being. And I know that it's possible. Well, I see your enthusiasm. I see your passion. I hear it in your words, too. And I think you're hitting on a really um, fascinating point of getting the message out there to as many people as possible. And so with the within the umbrella of Get Motivated, you also have Get Motivated University. And when I was looking at it, I saw that there's lots of skills that you want to teach people, including one that's one that's about gratitude and it's learning how to use gratitude to turn bad days into your best days. How do you do that? You can take any situation and while it's not going to be particularly easy, 
it will be very effective if you can be grateful for something out of everything that ever happens to you. So one thing that I do, Kim, that through mindfulness and through self-awareness, if I'm having a terrible day, like, don't get me wrong. Quincy has his struggles, okay? (laughs) Dr. (laughs) Dr. Hawley has his struggles. I don't live a perfect life necessarily, but I have tools for when times get hard and when, you know, I lost three uncles in a year and a half about two years ago. And it's it's really hard to deal with some of those day-to-day things that can happen. But at the end of the day, through mindfulness and self-awareness, I will take self-inventory. And if I'm having one of those terrible days, I will write down as many things as possible that I can, that I'm grateful for. And in that, Kim, I include the negative things that have happened. All right. So I'm grateful for everything. If I stubbed my toe that day, if I... What? You know, if I lost no. out on a deal, wait yes. a minute, wait, yes. I'm stopping you. No, I am stopping you on this because yes. how are you grateful for those things? Why are you grateful for those things? For one, it helps me shift my perspective again, that there's something called the law of relativity. And the law of relativity states that no matter how bad you think you've got it, there's always someone who has it way worse And in that perspective, if I stub my toe and didn't break it, that means that there's a worse possible outcome. So what I would be grateful for in that instance is the fact that I didn't break my toe. And I would be grateful for the fact that my toe is not hurting now. And you'd be grateful for the fact that you don't have to go to the hospital. You can be grateful for the fact that you can go work out and run and, and, and do your normal everyday thing like when somebody cuts me off kim in terms of traffic they're driving and they cut me off and they almost hit my car most people what do they do blow the horn f you middle finger up and they stress out but for me i'm grateful that they didn't hit my car and i'm grateful that uh, we're both okay I get it can you see me my mouth is wide open i'm kind of like listening to like Oh, I get it. I get it. Yes. I don't know if you can see how wide it is. It's catching flies, but I'm also, no, no, it is wide. But, but as you're saying your words, initially I had to say what was going on in my head was, are you kidding me? Grateful for the bad stuff. But I am sitting here with my mouth open because I, I am getting it. I get it. it, Yes. Excellent. And so so the other part of that, Kim, is that, That's not easy to do at first, but as you can see, you know, practice makes perfect or permanent, whatever you want to call it. And the more you start to look for the good, nothing shakes you anymore. So I don't even have bad experiences anymore, Kim. All I have are good experiences and growth opportunities. That is my life. Well, speaking of growth opportunities, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was that you volunteer by serving as president of the North Carolina Association of Minority Veterinarians, I think since 2016. And what I was told is that North Carolina is the only state with a minority veterinary medical association. Now, there's a lot of areas where you, Quincy, can put his time into. And I'm curious as why you chose this organization, especially in light of what we're talking about with growth opportunities. 
I would not be a, a veterinarian today if it weren't for my mentor, Dr. Alan Kennedy. He's a graduate of Tuskegee's College of Veterinary Medicine. He's the Director of Diversity and Inclusion at NC State's College of Veterinary Medicine. But he was the president before I was, and I was nominated in 2016. And I felt obligated to, to take that position. But at the same time, I felt privileged to be nominated and feel obligated to take that because it's because of organizations like NCAMV, North Carolina Association of Minority Veterinarians, that I believe that I am even a veterinarian today. It's given me a chance to promote the importance of diversity and inclusion and how important they are in terms of veterinary medicine. And it's just an amazing group of people. I'm so honored and so blessed to have been nominated for it. And because that organization does so many great things from providing scholarship money for underrepresented minority veterinary students to providing great networking opportunities for the members and for students. It, it's just it's just an awesome thing. And I'm so honored to be a part of that. Especially when you're talking about the scholarships and the wonderful things that this organization does. You also volunteer by serving as a member of the NC State College of Veterinary Medicine Admissions Committee. And, you know, a very hot topic in the profession right now is emotional well-being testing for admissions to like medical school or to many Fortune 500 companies. If you want to be employed there, they'll do this testing. I was curious in terms of what your thoughts are on it and how it relates to, because we were just talking about scholarships, how it relates to the best, and I'm using air quotes, candidates for veterinary school. I, I apologize if I don't fully understand that, but I think it would be, I don't think it's necessarily the best thing to do because it, maybe I would have screened myself out of veterinary school. <laughs> they would have been like, no, this guy's not stable, man. Like, you know, he doesn't do any of this or that. But because I honestly believe that, that everyone can do more towards well-being and true well-being, I believe it's a, a deliberate and intentional effort. So regardless of where an individual is currently, I believe that they can improve upon their levels of well-being through, you know, studying personal development and implementing that in mindfulness and self-care in all of the other tools that are available to them. And I can tell you this, that by going into the veterinary schools and speaking to the veterinary schools and pre-veterinary schools, and even into veterinary hospitals, that's the, those are things that Get Motivated does, that people, personal development doesn't mean a lot to them in terms of what they're currently doing. Mindfulness is completely foreign to most people. And the messages that changed my life from the Earl Nightingales and the Jim Rohns and the Wallace Waddles and Joe Dudley, those aren't messages that are being taught and there aren't, they aren't universal, unfortunately. So I, be, I believe that once personal development and mindfulness and self-care and all of this information becomes universal to the point where we expect that everyone knows that already, I don't see the value in doing any type of emotional well-being testing 
And again, unless I am completely in left field at this point, but maybe it's a good idea. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're talking about emotional well-being and um, I want to shift gears in that your wife is also a veterinarian. And my yes. understanding is that you graduated with a considerable amount of student loan debt. You know, when we're talking about well-being, we, also, we have to talk about financial well-being too. And I think it's really interesting because at one point you had said that you decided to focus your energy on the creation of wealth as opposed to wasting your energy about worrying about debt. So how do, how do you accomplish that? Because you do need to have financial well-being in ter- for the global well-being of oneself. Perhaps you miss out on some wealth creation opportunities because you're so focused on, you know, uh, getting rid of the debt You miss out on some educational opportunities of how, how to create wealth. And the other thing is that by I learned how to read financial statements and I realized that, you know, a lot of big companies, they have tons and tons and tons and tons and t- like hundreds of millions of dollars of debt. And I understand that the debt's a little bit differently, but they also have tons and tons and tons of assets and cash. So what that told me is that it can't possibly be the debt necessarily. It's the the wealth that you have or it's the assets that you have. So in other words, if I have $100,000 in student loan debts, but I have $100 million in cash, and I know that's a big jump there, $100,000 in student loan debt wouldn't mean necessarily so much to you because you had so much wealth created. And I think about some of my mentors who have lost maybe millions of dollars in in a year's time and they're still happy and they keep going and they say, it's just money, Quincy, and it's okay. And it never affects their well-being necessarily. So I definitely believe that there are multiple avenues and ways to get to the financial picture that someone wants for themselves. And you got guys like Dave Ramsey, who I love and listen to all the time. He would probably say, focus on the debt, focus on the debt as a means to create the wealth. And so I get that. But for me, I like to have a more positive mindset. And so I don't view the the debt that my wife and I have as I don't view us as drowning in debt. I'm like, yeah, we've got some debt. But I I really just believe that by focusing on the wealth as opposed to the debt that you get and keep a more positive, a more optimistic outlook towards life in general. And many of my colleagues that I used to work with, I would hear them just constantly talking about the debt, the debt, the debt. And that was just never, it was never a thing that I allowed to really bother me because I want to stay in the most positive, optimistic mindset possible. Well, we are out of time, but I wanted to recap and tell you what I feel like I learned today. Okay. So this is okay. what, this is Kim's list of what I learned from Dr. Holly today, which is there is opportunity in chaos. There are always growth opportunities. Well-being is an intentional effort. Demand action. Don't be passive. And get started fast and fail early. I feel like that's I I, I this is like a gold mine. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Yes. Thank you so much, Kim, for having me. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity as well. Well, this concludes another episode of Scrub Chat, a podcast of sharing stories by veterinary professionals 
for veterinary professionals. Please remember to visit VetVance at www.vetvance.com and check out Zoetis Commitment to Veterinarians on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to get more information about life issues such as handling student debt, reducing stress, communication skills, and reputation management. VetVance is also available as a mobile app on both Apple and Android devices. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at scrubchat at zoetis.com. We'd love to hear from you. And please don't forget to share and review this podcast so we can produce more in the future. We are grateful to Zoetis for the support. Until next time, this is Scrub Chat.